Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Good day, everyone. This is Ugo Chai, and this is the Traveling Image Makers podcast. Today it's going to be just me because our co-host Ralph Velasco uh, is busy today, couldn't make it with this uh, um, episode. Um, today we have uh, a guest from Europe, so this is easy for me. We are on the same uh, time zone, and I, I got to know about our guest of today uh, via... Uh, our friend's uh, Valerie Jordan's podcast, Hit the Streets, where she interviewed uh, him. And I was uh, fascinated by his story and his project. So I decided to to contact him and to um, suggest that we do an interview for the Traveling Image Makers. So without further ado, let me introduce, and I hope I'm saying his name right because it's quite complicated, Tomas Tichlar Lorenzo, <laughs> there's a Dutch name there, and a Portuguese name, so the Dutch R and the Portuguese R, it's it's difficult to, I hope I said your name right, Tomas, right? It was, it was really good. <laughs> okay, thank you. Maybe, maybe you want to say it properly. Uh, yeah, uh, Tomas Tichlar Lorenzo. Perfect, yeah, my mine was just a rough approximation. <laughs> um <laughs> And that name is interesting. Yeah, it's half Dutch, half Portuguese. So maybe you want to tell our audience about your story. Where does that name come from and where do you live? Yeah, sure. Uh, right now I live in the Netherlands, uh, but I was actually born in Portugal. Uh, I have a Portuguese father and a Dutch uh, mother. And um, my mom went once on a holiday uh, in Portugal and... Uh, she stayed there, <laughs> and uh, then they uh, they moved to the Netherlands after a few years and got married and had my brother here in the Netherlands. But eventually uh, went back to Portugal, and there is where I was born and raised. Uh, I did my studies there, um, my high school studies, and before uni, I moved to the Netherlands in 2012, and I studied here uh, civil engineering at the university in uh, Svola. And in 2017, I moved back uh, to Portugal for uh, for a gap year. Um, so yeah, and then uh, there is where uh, my project started, uh, uh, Gipsy Life Ahead. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about your project in a minute, but um, so yeah. first, uh, uh, what keeps you busy these days? I mean, you're not a professional photographer, right? That's your uh, side project. Uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, indeed, I'm not a professional photographer, even not an amateur one, I think. I uh, um, I only use my smartphone for it, <laughs> and I don't know uh, much about photography. I really like it, to be honest, and uh, actually, I'm a big fan of uh, aviation photography. I follow a lot of uh, pages on Instagram, and I, um, I love planes, so I also love that type of photography. <laughs> um but yeah, as I said, I studied civil engineering, and after my studies, I worked at a consultancy agency for uh, uh, the uh, railroad tracks here in the Netherlands. And after that, I moved to Portugal, 
as I said, for a gap year. And since beginning of 2019, I'm back in the Netherlands and started to work at uh, a company that uh, builds uh, solar fields, solar parks. So yeah, there I am. That's my my current job at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I find it interesting that uh, even though you're not a photographer, I mean, not not even an amateur, just somebody who takes photos with the with a smartphone uh it it speaks to me about the power of images because your your project that brought you to the attention of valerie first and then our attention is all about images so even somebody who just uh, casually takes photos can use images and photos to speak to a, a large audience about a very important topic so yeah. I would like you to, to introduce your project, to, to talk about uh, Give Sea Life a Hand, how it was born and what it's all about. Uh, so yeah, as I, as I stated, um, after my studies here in the Netherlands, and um, I worked for a year and then that contract uh, got to an end. And uh, at the time I was in a long relationship that also came to an end, unfortunately. And uh, in a space of a month, I... Uh, I didn't have a job or relationship and I had to move uh, from my house where I was at the moment together. <laughs> uh, so I decided to, to go back to Portugal uh, at least for a year. Uh, but it, I came back and it was December of 2017. And um, as you know or may not know, uh, I uh, uh, live in the Algarve in the south of Portugal. And um, uh, since a young kid, I worked there in, uh, at the beach bar, beach bar Burgau. <laughs> in Burgau is the village and uh, I thought well I I will work there uh, summer um, and then go back to the Netherlands but yeah I still had to to I had some time to to bridge between uh, December and uh, the start of summer like around May end of April Uh, so I realized uh, back then that I thought you know what I think I will uh, do some beach cleanups um because as uh, I was born in Cascais, near Lisbon, also near the sea. And when I was eight, I moved to the Algarve in the south, uh, also near the sea. And uh, so, yeah, I always uh, did a little bit of surf, bodyboard, uh, skimmy, uh, skimboard. I wasn't good at any of them, but I, I did them both, uh, all of them a little bit. <laughs> and I remember always like already uh, collecting plastic from the ocean or from the from the sand and putting in uh, in my shorts and then throw it away. And right at the end of my studies, I uh, this project, you may know, uh, the Ocean Cleanup from Boy and Slot, uh, uh, captured my attention. That's like this major construction in the middle of the ocean uh, for ocean cleanup. And another project from uh, Bo- um, Dave Hawkins, it's called Precious Plastic, as a person who builds um, machines to recycle plastically, uh, uh, plastic at home, uh, all free source, and it's a whole community. And with those two projects in mind and with spare time and um, knowing that there's a, there's a lot of plastic uh, in the beaches, unfortunately, um, I started doing, um, I thought, well, I'm going to do cleanups. Um, and it was actually uh, during a, a beach walk with my mom, uh, not in Burgau, but in Cabanas Velhas. It's the beach next to Burgau. Um, I was talking about uh, what I was planning to do in, in these months until summer. And um, then I said something like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do some uh, beach cleanups and 
use my time in a positive way and do something right, something good. And then um, at the end of the cleanup, uh, we already uh, at the end of the walk, we already cleaning up some stuff, and we already had our hands full just in a few meters. And then I said something like, uh, "Yeah, if fish had hands, uh, this wouldn't be a problem because they would clean clean it up themselves." <laughs> and it sounded really yeah, like stupid and a bit strange, like a fish with with hands. Uh, but that kept resonating in my head, and. Um, I was like, yeah, I started fantasizing about fish with hands and turtle with hands and seagulls <laughs> with hands, uh, collecting the trash and putting it in bins and like teaching us a lesson uh, as in like we are the polluters and they uh, were solving it. But yeah, then I came to the realization that fish don't have hands, <laughs> mm -hmm. of course. But that little image and then I looked at my own hands and I said, yeah, well, I think it's time uh, for me to give them a hand. And it's like uh, giving a hand as in helping. And that kept resonating and thinking. And I was like, mm, I think I'm onto something here. And I'm not, uh, I wasn't a big user of social media, but I know like how hashtags can work and how uh, challenges and yeah, all those funny things. We, the, the, the funny side of social media, <laughs> yeah. I thought, uh, why not uh, make a hand, uh, literally a hand out of uh, plastic or out of waste and use that hashtag, uh, gives your life a hand. So the very same day I started this Instagram page, um, the first page I ever made was called uh, People, Planet, uh, People Planet Plastic, <laughs> a big name. And I just used the, the hashtag gives life a hand and I asked... Um, uh, the little followers I had on my private page to uh, do a cleanup and at the end um, take some time to uh, make a hand out of it on the floor and uh, snap a picture and use uh, the hashtag and I then would post it on that um, on that Instagram page and with a really good friend of mine uh, Christian Nobre uh, we did a, a really big cleanup a few weeks later at a, at a deserted beach next to Burgau and uh, we then posted a few pictures and it got caught by this uh, really cool page, um, Two Minute Beach Cleanup from England. And then it started rolling. And then um, through those uh, followers, uh, my very first hand was from Ukraine, Odessa. And I still remember it vividly um, that I got this uh, notification on my mobile uh, that someone used the hashtag or someone sent it to me. And I was like, whoa, it's, it really works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was the first picture I, I used. And it was a, a handmade in the Ukraine. And then in a few weeks, months, because of that like virus in a good way, <laughs> uh, I got like nearly 20 countries in two months. And um, near, now, uh, like two years later, uh, I'm nearly reaching the 100. And from a few countries, I have more than one, which is all also really nice. And it's not like a, like a sport. I would like to have one hand from every country in the world, of course. But I think also uh, the most important part is the message. And yeah, I'm happy that indeed with a, with a simple picture, with all due respect, <laughs> uh, that indeed the, the message is, is really strong. And, and between all those hands, I have more than 150 of those hands. Some of them are really also high in quality, as in framing and I think colors and I don't know they they look really cool. And others are some some really fast. Some people do it after a jog or really quick after a beach walk. But the the message is the the most important part. And 
then uh, yeah with that message uh, i got some traction also in portugal uh, with some magazines and um also on tv i was on radio <laughs> and um yeah it got out of hand that's always that's, my standard that's joke. how <laughs> things go viral in a, in yeah. a good sense and of a the good word. Yeah, in a good yeah. way. Exactly. And then uh, also I got the uh, I uh, got the attention of uh, Vandy de Boer uh, from Shoot with a Local, and uh, she invited me for a little documentary, and we traveled together to India, and that's how I also got the attention of Valerie. So Jardin, um, and mm -hmm. that's why we are talking now also. So and that's also really cool. You're almost famous <laughs> now. <laughs> you know, I, I hope I, we can with, with our podcast to contribute to this uh, uh, to making your project go even more more viral and of course it's all on Instagram yeah. right uh, yeah I uh, I work with Instagram because also of the hashtag and mm. um, I have now a separate page where I talk also about sustainable sustain, sustainability in general And then I started this page, Gives Life a Hand, and it's called like that. And I call it like a digital museum. And if you scroll through that page, you only will see hands. And those are all the hands. And then I uh, I always have this standard caption, uh, like uh, the person who made it, where they made it, and which number it is. And then uh, in the highlights, I uh, have a map where I have uh, the countries I have in blue, and I have a list. So you can then check if your country is on that list and if it's not make a hand and if it's on the list you can always make a hand of course but yeah i'll uh i hope i will cross the 100 soon <laughs> cool and now fallout of this project is that you were invited to to give talks to to schools can you tell us a little bit about that uh well actually i wasn't invited i invited myself oh, okay. <laughs> because <great>. i was <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, like I studied civil engineering, but uh, my mom is an English teacher and I always had like this fascination for uh, like for teaching. I, I find that a really cool profession and and it's really difficult, but I think also really fulfilling if you have the um, students that are also motivated. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to say is um, I always had, I have this ambition to later be Uh, like a teacher or do some lectures and i thought well th i think this is a great opportunity to gather some experience in, in education and then stand and stand in front of uh, um, children and through a friend of mine um, uh, i got in contact with the school at my community at my municipality and i asked if i could uh, come with some plastic i collect and i made a little powerpoint And uh, the first talk I made was like for 20 kids uh, from the first grade in Portugal. So they were like six years. And yeah, I think I never been so nervous, even more nervous than with my driving lessons. <laughs> But it was really cool. And, uh, and then in a the space of a month, I did like uh, six um, because I had loads of free time and I really enjoyed it. And yeah, that was really pretty cool. And I also went into those talks um, also trying to learn from them and trying to see uh, what are their ideas. So I always ended the, the talk with a blank piece of paper and I asked them to outline their hand on the paper and write their names. And then at the end, uh, uh, answer the question, how would you uh, solve this problem? 
and I kept all those papers. I have like more than 150 of those papers at home. <laughs> and I sometimes just uh, scroll through them. And actually, there are some cool little ideas and other are, are straight funny, but also interesting. Like uh, someone said there will be a plastic police or, yeah, <laughs> or other. Uh, and I, I found that they are really well informed and they were aware of um, the plastic in the oceans and that if fish eat the plastic and we eat the fish, you end up eating the plastic, which I was like kids from six, seven years old. That was great. But what I found was that uh, when I ask how to solve this problem, uh, the kids usually uh, reply with, oh, yeah, we have to recycle. And uh, I don't know if it's like this in Italy or in other countries, but in Portugal, there's a lot of uh, focus on recycling, which is good. <laughs> uh, but then I, um, I take this opportunity to explain the three R's, the reduce, reuse, recycle, and actually explain the four R's in which uh, refuse is the first one. Uh, and then I explain to them that the, the four R's, as in refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle, uh, are in a specific order, as in of importance. And then I give always this example with uh, a few plastic bottles and a glass bottle. And then I say, first step is refuse plastic, as in try to use glass and then uh, reduce the consumption, uh, try to, and when you're reducing the consumption, you are automatically reusing a bottle. And then at the end of the uh, lifespan of the bottle, then recycle it. And as you see, recycling is the last step and not the first one. So then I try to make them aware that um, there's also a lot of steps before that. And yeah, then they start also thinking more about that and the little steps as in taking your own bags to the groceries and refilling your bottle with water or yeah those are the the small um, steps you can take to to try to reduce because the as I, as you know the the clean as i said in my page the the cleanups are the easy part <laughs> and i try to focus on also um uh, being aware that uh, making them unnecessary like uh the beach is being clean automatically that's the end goal <laughs> and i think that you can achieve that through education and and a shift in in mindset so yeah that's the the, the great part about those talks and i hope that they then take this information home and also um, teach their parents <laughs> how to reduce the the impact of plastic <laughs> yeah definitely uh, of course uh, cleaning the beaches is uh, is great but we cannot think that that is going to solve the problem because the beaches are just a small part of uh, where plastic can be found. All the plastic that is in the oceans is not, not that easy to, to clean. And there is no... And, no. Uh, yeah, and you've also got the, under... those mm. projects that you mentioned with, uh, that actually aim to clean the ocean, but that's a, a huge endeavor. We need to, as they say, prevention is better than care, right? So refuse, yeah. what's that? Refuse, reuse, no. Can you say that again? <laughs> yes. uh, refuse uh, plastic and then, or uh, refuse, uh, reduce. Reduce, right. Uh, yeah, and then reuse and then recycle. And then recycle. There are more. Some people talk about rethink, redesign, but I, I, find, I think these four are uh, Yeah, I think strong. Our, our aim should be to avoid that plastic yeah. gets in the ocean in the yeah. first place. Instead, instead of cleaning it up afterwards, but as long as it's there... Uh, cleaning it is very, very 
Uh, yeah, I always, I always give this example, like, as I said, in that uh, really big cleanup uh, in Praia dos Rebolos with my friend Christian Nobre and uh, other 10 friends, good friends of mine. Uh, we collected a lot of, we had like four boats full of uh, plastic. And with, uh, with a friend of mine, Michel, uh, we sorted uh, everything and we took out the pet bottles. And it were like 18, 1800 pet bottles. And we made a hand with it. And uh, a really big hand. <laughs> and we even uh, had a drone, uh, a friend of mine, with a drone to, to, to take a picture. And those 1,800 bottles, we took took all day, 10 people to clean up. And in half a second, uh, Coca-Cola produces 1,800 bottles. So, yeah, it's just not a matter of cleaning up. But if you if you see at the tempo it's produced and at the tempo you can clean, it's, yeah, it's way out of balance. <laughs> I'm not saying to stop cleaning, but I also say, I usually say like the biggest gifts your life hand you can give is in the supermarket where you, where you can tackle it at the source and be smart about, or not smart, that sounds maybe a bit rude, but uh, I mean more conscious about your choices. And unfortunately, not always they are uh, the same price and it can happen that sometimes a, a more sustainable choice is also more expensive and yeah, that's not always fun to see, but there are also uh, things that cost uh, that have less plastic that are also cheaper. So I think with all those little changes, people often think, yeah, that doesn't make a change. But if every, everybody keeps thinking like that, it, it will never change. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to sound a, a sour note, but um, in these days where people are uh, affected by this pandemic, a lot of people are saying, oh, we will rediscover, rediscover nature and nature is coming yeah. back in some places. Uh, wild animals roaming the streets where, while people are in yeah. lockdown, cleaner skies and everything is very nice. But then you you see those news, you see those photos about with people just throwing masks and gloves onto the ground. And, and I start thinking, well, does, will people ever understand and change their ways? Do you have any? What's what's your take on this? Yeah, I, it's a, a good question. I I think there will maybe, if you try to summarize it, will be I think two scenarios, and I hope one of them will <laughs> be the one taken. I, I don't know. A part of me th uh, thinks that some people will, uh, after this all disappears, maybe will go do uh, things twice as hard and twice as faster and try to recover lost time <laughs> and uh, travel even more or do things in a bigger way, buy more, I don't know. And maybe some part will indeed see like uh, uh, that if you can work from home or uh, buy less or do some, have a less, uh, less impact that uh, during this time, that's after that time when everything is possible again, maybe they'll keep some some of those measures uh, in their day-to-day -day life. I don't know. It's really difficult to to have an answer for all of them, but indeed, I, I saw a lot of pictures with the, the, the masks and the gloves and also on beaches, and that's also a good point you 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 mentioned because I get quite a few messages like saying, uh, hey, Thomas, I would like to help, but I don't live, uh, I don't live near a beach. And then I say, uh, oh, like, thank you. And, and then I ask, do you live near a river? And yeah, usually the, the answer is yes. And then I ask them, what if I drop something in that river? Where, where will it end? 
and then they say yeah in the in the ocean or in the beach and then yeah also in the beaches so it's also not only the everywhere you pollute it it, um, it will end up in in the ocean what doesn't end in the bins ends in the ocean and it's all connected with wind and water and what I'm trying the point I'm trying to make is that uh, you can also give uh, this is a little side note <laughs> you can also uh, give sea life a hand in the uh, inland and near uh, rivers or in forests all the all the hands help <laughs> yeah. but I hope indeed that people will uh, there will be a shift in consciousness and maybe not in this generation but the kids that are now in school and also with uh, the documentaries like the the big blue big blue planet or blue planet and also more uh, social media where information is shared faster and where you can see those pictures in films like from Bali and all the other pictures that go viral from whales ingesting uh, plastic bags and uh, car parts even. <laughs> yeah, maybe it will take a generation, maybe, but I think there is this shift, not only in plastic, but you also see in traveling and in where you buy your clothes and where does your food come from. So I think we are in a, in a good step, but yeah. Maybe not so. fast enough, in my in my opinion, <laughs> or in my it would be nice to see it faster. But that's why I also try to focus on schools and in primary schools, because I think that's um, not trying to sound rude, but I think it's a better investment of my time. As in, I think that that message then there multiplies faster and broader than than on people that are um, yeah, a bit older. I also work with universities, but um, yeah. My focus is in uh, on the primary schools and make it uh, playful, but at the same time also with a important uh, message behind it. Yeah. Get them while they're young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, aside from uh, posting photos to Instagram and using the Give Sea Life a Hand tag, um, are there any any other ways that people can contribute to the project? Um. Uh, well, with uh, not with donations uh, because I I do this on my free time and it doesn't now it doesn't cost me money, <laughs> and when it did I it was no problem and I did also some traveling for it, but uh, they can help by simply well simply uh, by by sharing the message and making a, a hand themselves and uh, go out for a walk as I said it can be at the beach but also at the park or at the forest, uh, make a big hand or a little hand and uh, put it on social media, uh, use the hashtag so I can see it or send it directly to me and maybe uh, tag five friends, one for each finger, <laughs> and then try to, to spread the word that way. That's the, the best way uh, they can contribute. And also that's the cleaning up part. And then, as I said, also the, the consciousness part uh, at the supermarket, try to see if there are uh, some quick swaps you can do or invest in a coffee uh, portable coffee mug or usable i mean or in a, a water bottle you can refill or try to stay away from vegetables that are packed in plastic or buy in bulk so you reduce the amount of plastic so yeah are those are the how they can contribute to to this cause and to the planet in general it's not the, <laughs> only for this project <laughs> that has a broader impact and that yeah yeah definitely Okay, uh, let's uh, switch topics for a bit. Uh, There's another project that you are involved with uh, that I find uh, really interesting that is called the Human Library Organization. Can you yeah. tell us more about it? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the Human Library, uh, it's a Danish project, I think, if I'm not wrong. Um, and it's um, it's like a human library. Um, and at the Human Library, you are a human book. Um, and at a human library session, uh, usually hold at the library, <laughs> there are like eight human books. Um, and people enter in a room and they see the names um, and also the title of the book. And then they can choose a book. And what that means is that you then get to talk to a person uh, for half an hour. And there are this set of rules like you have to be respectful either way. And if one says stop, you have to stop. But that usually never happens. And then in a half an hour, people can like uh, read you or interview. It's actually more like an interview because you are uh, dependent on the questions of the persons. Uh, but the goal of the project is to to have um, a, like a place where you can ask uh, bold questions where you maybe weren't uh, feeling comfortable to do it in an open space or with people around. And like usually a book can be like um, ex-military, uh, like a veteran uh, person, or it can be a transgender. It can be um, uh, like an a ex-gang member. And then you have this place, uh, non-judgmental non <laughs> place where you can then with respect ask uh, like questions you would like to ask, but you would be afraid of uh, doing them in another place. Like, for example, with the ex, uh, with the military or with a veteran, um, they always have this question, have you ever killed? And um, so if you did, how did that feel? Do you think that's correct? And yeah, that's the one of the most uh, an example I can give. And. Uh, my book is uh, about sustainability and it's called uh, The Environmentalist That Doesn't Protest. <laughs> and in that book, in that session, I try to explain that um, like with uh, small consistent steps, um, you can have a big impact. You don't have to, you can protest, uh, be my be my guest, <laughs> but you can also um, live a more sustainable life with small steps from, from home and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go completely minimalist and uh, clean up every day. But I think uh, if you, with some consistent changes, uh, as I said, and if you can incentivate people to do, to do the same, to, to then you can have a big impact. And the questions I usually get is um, uh, why bother? It, it, it has no impact or, uh, well, good on you for doing a beach cleanup, but it simply doesn't have an effect. And um, usually my answer is, um, like, simply that's not true. I say uh, we can, I don't, ex it has an impact. We can discuss how big that impact is. Maybe it's really, really small, but it has an impact. And then I usually say I rather focus on what I can do and accept what I can change and go with that. And I think if everybody does that, then it can lead to, to better things. And funny enough, um, a few days later, I did it twice now. Uh, a young kid uh, started also an Instagram page and does uh, cleanups on a regular basis after that talk. So, yeah, that for me was a, a cool moment. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. I've got the, the website in front of me and I would like yeah. to <laughs> invite everybody to, to check it out. It's at uh, humanlibrary.org. So... Uh, thanks for uh, yeah. There's letting, interesting, let, uh, yeah. interesting books, and you can uh, see if there's one near your your city. They are also spread in the Netherlands and also in other countries. And 
yeah, it's really cool. You have like uh, you can also then talk about religion or talk about uh, illnesses and uh, social topics. And yeah, there is always uh, a good atmosphere, and I never saw like disrespect. And yeah, I always say I'm the most boring book at the shelf there because the other stories are also uh, are all of them are way cooler. <laughs> but it's uh, it's nice to. When I came there the second time, a few of the books also said, "Yeah, you see, I took, I bring, brought a, a, pla- a reusable plastic bottle this time." So, <laughs> also the books uh, were aware of the, the changes you can make. It was cool to see. <laughs> okay, that that's great. Uh, really interesting projects you're involved with, and really. How can I say them? Uh, useful, maybe useful is not the right word, but I love to see somebody who is doing something which is somewhat related to photography, but not just for the sake of taking photos, but to actually improve the life of everyone. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, Are there any any other cool projects like that that you're involved with? Uh, not really regarding photography, but uh, regarding sustainability. Yes, um, I'm. Uh, two years ago, I uh, uh, did a challenge called Vegan Wary. It's uh, c- comes from uh, England, UK, uh, where in the month of January you go uh, vegan for one month, and I did that in 2018. And um, since then. Um, after that, I was like uh, vegan for uh, quite a few months, and then uh, occasionally I eat, uh, eat a little bit of uh, other products. Um, but that led me to to do some more research about also the impact of food, and it got my curiosity. And now um, I'm working with the University of Wageningen uh, to see if we, um, by implementing uh, plant-based meals, in transportation, like in aviation or in trains or in buses. We are now doing the aviation part first. Uh, if we can see if we can reduce uh, by a little bit <laughs> the impact of, uh, of transportation, like uh, the, the impact of flights. So that's what uh, I'm focusing now besides my, my normal job. And in the meanwhile, I'm um, regarding with KFC Life and I'm working on the, on the platform on a template so I can uh, share it with teachers and they can hold uh, a plastic, uh, a Gives You Life Hand uh, talk and at their schools when schools open again. I will try to keep them, um, um, I'll try to to keep doing plastic talks here in the Netherlands. I haven't done one already, but I will try to do that in next uh, school year. But it would also be nice if um, through a template uh, teachers could make uh, the talks themselves and then see the pictures and the reactions of the kids and maybe I will uh, start a website for that so yeah that's the my future plans for now <laughs> that's great so I think we can wrap up this conversation for today I think it's uh, it was very inspiring and I like the fact that you are uh, I mean I put it in uh, just as a, as a joke to say catch them while they're young but uh, it's important to uh, talk to the to the young generations, to the school kids, because those are the ones that can actually change in their mindset, their behavior, and help save this planet. Yeah, I always I always see them like as the future uh, bar owners, or maybe the future mayor, or the future 
yeah or yeah even if uh, as in they will consume for many many years and if they already know these changes now uh, it can have a, a big impact and i also learn from them so it's it's uh, yeah it gives me a lot of energy and it's it's really cool to do yeah <laughs> okay great so where can people find you um, where's the easiest way to find you online uh, yeah, on Instagram, on uh, Gipsy Life a Hand, you can see all the hands in one uh, in one page. And uh, I have another page uh, called uh, Thomas.tl uh, from Tichlar Lorenz. <laughs> and Thomas is without an H, so T-O-M-A-S dot T-L. And there I talk about the other projects and sustainability in general and also about the human library. And for the uh, plant-based uh, transportation, uh, it's called Fly Plant-Based. It's still a work in progress, but uh, I'm now waiting on the research results from the university, and I will focus on that as well. So on those three pages, and uh, feel free to send a, a hand or a question, or also I often get um, tips from new technologies or new products, so I'm always... Yeah, trying to learn from from the people who follow the, these pages and it's a cool community. Yeah. So yeah, and the and those three pages and my email is gipsylifehand at gmail.com. Also easy to remind uh, remember. And if uh, yeah, if I can do like a, a virtual talk or help with something, I'm more than grateful and happy to to help in that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I hope maybe we can talk again in a year or so and see how your projects developed. That would be really interesting or in case you have new projects yeah. about sustainability. So I would like to, to thank you for being with us today. That was, again, really inspiring. So thanks again for everything thank you do. Um, goodbye. Thank and take you for care. the opportunity. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to, to the hands from the photographers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. I expect to see some coming your way. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so that was it for this week. Uh, really inspiring conversation. And finally, as usual, I would just like to mention that you can find this episode and all the old ones from the Traveling Image Makers podcast at our website, ttim.photo. And as for me, my website is at ugochayphotography.com and you can find about my photo tours at tours.ucphoto.me. Um, as for my co-host, Ralph Velasco, who will uh, definitely be back with us next week, you can find everything about him at photoenrichment.com or at alacampagna.com. And that's all for this week. And now let's get out and shoot.